May I live all in for Jesus Christ. May I give my hope completely to him. Lord, I'm longing for you to change me. You have my worship. Amen. Well, it's great to be here with you today. It's great to be worshiping with you. And uh, man, just excited to be going after this series again. We're walking through a series called Obey, Valuing God's Word. Valuing God's Word. What does it mean to take God's Word and to go after it with all we've got? And this is a huge deal. So as we launched into this, we talked about what it is to know God's Word as trustworthy. Last week, we looked at understanding God's Word as perfect, amazing, so solid that we can lean on it in all fronts. It is truth. Everybody just say truth. That's God's word. And so as we look to dive in today, we're talking about God's word, not just being true, but being sufficient, sufficient. Like it is enough for us to have God's word when it comes to growing in Christ and being able to follow after him. So turn with me, if you will, to 2 Timothy chapter 3, starting in verse 16. 2 Timothy 3, starting in verse 16, as we get going here. And um, as we dive into this, we're jumping into a passage. We got to make sure we know the context. So here's a little bit of the context right before we start in. It says right before it, Paul speaking to Timothy, but as for you, continue in what you have learned and firmly believed and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings. Everybody say, that's the Bible. Right? He's talking about the Old Testament writings there, but there was New Testament writings to the churches being written as well. And so these sacred writings and the scriptures is really what he's talking about. Old and new, all of it coming together, our Bible as we know it today right? And he's talking to Timothy and he's like, listen, you believed in this, you've learned from this, and I want you to continue in it. And then he starts to go now into talking about the value of God's word. So here we go. Point number one, sufficient in your life, trust and apply God's word. Sufficient in your life, trust and apply God's word. This is the battle cry call out for us as we go after it, all right? So let's start out here in verse 16. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. He starts out, he says, all scripture. How much scripture? All. All. This isn't some scripture. It isn't the scripture that was written with the author who, it's all scripture. All of the Bible is going to be the following, all right? This is a huge deal. All of the Bible is breathed out by God. Breathed out by God. This is actually one word in the Greek, theonoustos. It's God-breathed. That's what it literally means. It's God breathed. And so breathed out by God is a great translation for it. It's God basically bringing along his intent, his meaning, his significance, working with man and through man to bring that message to man, right? And so it's God at work helping us to understand his message with 
clarity. It's his words, his meaning revealed. And we talked a little bit last week about how that ends up, or two weeks ago, about how that comes through. But 2 Peter chapter 1 talks all about it. 2 Peter 1.21 talks about how uh, these authors were carried by the Holy Spirit. Carried by the Holy Spirit. And again, just to restate, a good way to understand that is it's God having a meaning he wants to translate across, to send across. And as God's trying to send the meaning, he works with man. He's not dictating it, right? So everybody say not dictating. God's not dictating. He's working with man to kind of bring these, the meaning of things to be said, but he works with the person. He works with their personality. He works with their vocabulary. He works with their experiences. Think of them as like a giant tool bag, and he pulls out the tool bag of their vocabulary and their way of thinking. So you may get things written by a fisherman that are going to sound different than those written by a doctor, than those who were a Pharisee like Paul, and yet all of them are capturing exactly the meaning of God using this kind of unique vocabulary to the man. So yes, God, yes, man, working together, God bringing his meaning and working through man with his vocabulary to get it stating exactly what it should say. God breathed. All scripture is that. It's God's message in full, absolutely intact, perfect. Everybody say perfect. No error in it. God breathed, right? He said it is breathed out by God and it is profitable for, like it's useful for, like there's benefit to it in the following ways. Here is the benefit of God's word. He says first, for teaching. This word very specifically means training in doctrine. To be able to understand the doctrine that God is trying to share, the truth of who he is, the truth of this world and how it works, the truth of us and our brokenness and our need, the truth of eternity and where we're headed, doctrine. There is this really clear training in scripture of the reality of God and this world and all that is going on around it. And this is why we walk word by word through God's word each and every week, right? This is why we open up a passage and we just slow down and go step by step through and say, what does God's word say? Word by word, what is being said about his doctrine, his reality, the knowledge that God has of himself and of this world, what is he conveying to us? Today we're looking very clearly at what he's conveying to us about his word, the Bible, right? And so we walk word by word through looking to be trained and understanding the reality of all that God has in play, okay? It's a huge deal for us to first make sure that we grasp what's going on. Get the big picture, right? That's where we start, and then we move from there. It says that it's valuable for teaching, and the next three that come up are all about practical application, all right? So here's practical application. He starts to roll it out. He says, for reproof, and a good way to understand that is kind of rebuke or conviction, helping you to understand what's wrong, what you need to let go of. Reproof. What needs to be let go of? He does this with gentleness. It's the loving Holy Spirit tap on your shoulder that says, that's what I'm talking about. 
That right there needs to go. Here's what I love. There's so often when we're walking through God's word, people will come down afterwards and they're like, it's like you were in our house this week. It's like you know exactly what I'm struggling with. How did you know to talk about this passage? And here's what God's doing. He's working with each of us individually and all of us as families, and he's walking us on a journey. And as your God walks you through your week or your month, and he's making you aware of things that are maybe valuable, things that you need to go after, things you may need to let go of, All of a sudden, your heart is very well prepped. You come in here. God has also been stirring in leadership here in the passages we're going after. We open up a passage. We start to walk it through, and it's exactly where God's been working with you already. This is our great God. And as he begins to kind of shape with you in that moment, and as we're walking through the word, all of a sudden you feel a little tapping on your soul saying, that's what I've been talking about for the last week with you. This is where you need to go. Man, that is an amazing moment of reproof from the Holy Spirit. As he's saying, let's head over here now, not that, let go of that. Are you ready to let go? Scripture helps give us a hard challenge on what we need to leave alone, get away from, as the Holy Spirit moves within our soul and communicates through his word. It says for reproof, here's another one, for correction. So while reproof may be saying, that's what's wrong, let go of that, correction is saying, here's how we get back on the track. Here's how we get on the path, right? Convic- uh, Uh, A correction is a conviction that leads to restoration. A conviction that leads to restoration. So the word of God is valuable for showing us what we need to get away from. But the word of God is also valuable for showing us what we need to get into. Hey, let's move over here. Let's make it more like this as we go after it, right? And so reproof and correction. And to be moved from wrong to write. The value of God's word as he gives you the big picture, the doctrine, and then starts to say, so here's where we need to start moving as he shapes our hearts and brings us along a path. And then he says, and for training in righteousness, and for training in righteousness. This word train is actually a word that's used for um, kind of disciplining and shaping the life of a little child for training in righteousness, to be able to bring us along to shape our hearts, to shape our minds, to help grow us up in who he is, for training in righteousness, to align our actions with our doctrine, to align us with our God, training in righteousness. And that's the value of God's word, that he helps to walk us on a journey that helps to grow us and shape us from the inside out. Please hear me, this is not us faking it, right? Everybody say, not that. This isn't you like taking the Nerf ball and squishing down on it and holding it really hard and saying, okay, I got it. Now I'm gonna hold myself in line. Because after a while, your arm gets a little tired, your grip gets a little soft, and as you let go, the Nerf ball just goes and goes right back. And that's not the plan that we just keep walking through life, kind of shaming ourselves, squeezing down on the Nerf ball, and then after time we let go and it just goes back to the way it was. Everybody say, not that. No, we're talking about real change 
in your life. We're talking about God doing something in your soul as his glory starts pouring on, as you start trusting in him, you're looking to him. You grasp the doctrine of his greatness. You grasp the doctrine of him in charge and as you worship him, his glory pouring on, he literally starts changing your soul one little bit at a time. And as he's teaching you to let go of you and grab onto him, as he's teaching you to value that so much, your soul literally begins to be trained in righteousness. It's not I read the Bible and then I go fake it. That's not it, man. But too many people use the word of God as exactly that plan. It's sort of a self-help book. I read it. Now I'll try to go make myself look like that publicly a little bit. Hope I can hold it together in front of people. When I go home, I know it's just a Nerf ball. I let go and it popped back, right? Not that. May God's word be an introduction to God himself and may he begin with his glory to change our hearts, to train our souls in righteousness, all for his glory. Ready? And all of God's people said, dude, I cannot voice this strong enough. Going through God's word is not just another book to make you feel bad about you. Going through God's word is just an amazing worship of him and a cry out of who he is and him beginning to change you one degree at a time. That's why we go after it. He says that, so this is a purpose statement, like here's the reason that the man of God may be complete. It's that you might be complete, full, that you might have it all together. He takes the saved person and he transforms their heart, making you complete and full. We'll put three words with it. Salvation, sanctification, and even the last one, direction or spiritual direction, if you wanna say two words there. Salvation, yes, through God's word, we can understand what it takes to be saved, to admit I'm a sinner, to believe that Jesus is risen and make him in charge of your life. Confess him as Lord. Salvation. And we get that from God's word. Romans 10, 9, super clear on that. And so many other passages. Yes, salvation, sanctification. What does it look like for my heart to begin to be shaped and changed and for me to look more like Christ? Sanctification and ultimately even spiritual direction. What is God's will in my life? Where can I head? Which way should I go? Trust in the Lord, lean on him. Like this is a huge opportunity we have from God's word. Man, nothing more is needed. It'll make us fully complete. It says equipped for every good work. Uh, For how many good works? Hear what he's saying. God's word will inform you, shape you, and train you. There isn't one good work you can go after that God's word doesn't address. Every good work, fully sufficient. Everybody say fully sufficient. Don't miss that. That is not a small statement. You can be like, well, I don't know, man. I read a lot of other self-help books and those help me to get after it too. And, and I'm just telling you, if those books are actually helping you and introducing you to God and there's a change going on in your life, those books are grabbing onto the truth of God's word and they're revealing God's word out. 
That's the reality. God's word contains what we need to know to shape us and change us, and it is fully sufficient. We need not go anywhere else. It's fine to read other books, but I'm telling you, God's word has all you need. Everybody say, all I need. All I need to be complete, to be equipped for every good work. The word equipped there, to be competent, readied, to have soul and mind and gifting all in play. Equipped. Your soul and your mind and your spiritual gifting all put together so that you can run after your God. And that's what the word of God brings. Fully sufficient. Giving us an understanding of where God's going, giving us an understanding of how God's working in my life, giving me a greatness of who God is, helping me in my worship starts changing my soul one degree of glory at a time. No more faking it. May 2024 be real change in our lives. May God get all the glory. And all of God's people said. So when the Bible is fully sufficient and that's all we need to go after to be able to see change in our lives as we worship our king through that, why does it not happen? And I'll just say this. uh, Three things that people often use to replace the word of God. Three things that people often use to replace the word of God. Ready? First one, my feelings. I I feel more like this. To me, it seems more like, right, what I value most is my emotions. My emotions tell me where I need to go. I've even heard this phrase a lot as of late. The phrase goes, I need to be true to myself. I don't know why they believe that their emotions are the best measure of themselves, but I need, I need to be true to me. And, and so it's all about feelings and emotions, and that rules the day. God's word says, but, but, but here's how I feel. And so this is where I'm going. And please be careful with that. Everybody say that's a terrible plan. It stirs us because our feelings are within and it's sort of true to whoever we're being right at the moment. And so we feel like it's just being, it's a bad plan, right? And so feelings, that's the first one. Second one, here's another one, uh, pragmatics. Well, it seems to be working out. Like in the immediate, I see this working out the best. So I know God's word doesn't say to go this way, but I see that this functionally seems to be working best. This is where value is found in immediate outcomes. Did you know that sometimes when we follow God's word, it may be a little bit of time or even a long bit of time before things go the way we wish they would go? Do you know what I'm saying? It may be sometime as God's working with you and shaping your heart, it could be that he's actually walking you into eternity in your perspective And all too often, we start looking for immediate outcomes. And we start ruling the day by our pragmatics. I think it'll work best. I know God's word says, but but I think it'll work best today if I just be careful. Everybody say that's a terrible plan. I agree with you. Feelings and pragmatics, and here's a third one. Well, yeah, but all my friends say, culture. The culture around me is ruling the day, and here's what they say. I value the world's approval. I value not being canceled. I value not being stood up against. I value not being criticized. And 
And so I'm just gonna find out what the world is moving in and I'm gonna move that way. That one doesn't mean much talk. Everybody just say that's a terrible plan. Dude, be careful. Down with feelings, down with pragmatics, down with what does the culture say. Up with what does God's word say and who is he introducing him as in your life. May we worship and follow him, okay? There was a commercial that came out a number of years back. It was actually kind of a spoof on uh, the movie Castaway. And uh, I don't know if you remember the commercial, but uh, there was a FedEx guy and uh, he was pretty scruffy looking, long, long beard and stuff. And he comes up to the door and as he's starting to walk up to the door, they cue this really like nostalgic music. And as this nostalgic music is playing, he rings the doorbell, lady answers the door, and he's standing there holding this package and he says, I was marooned on an island for five years and I had this package and I longed to be able to get off the island and get this back to you. So I am giving this to you. I know it's five years later, but I'm delivering the package to you. Hands her the package and she's like, wow, this is so honorable. I can't believe you did that. Thank you so much. And, and she takes the package. She said, that was so nice of you. And as they kind of have their last goodbyes moments, she's starting to turn away. He turns away and he stops and he gets this look on his face. He turns around and he goes, can I just ask, what was inside of the package? And she opens it up and she goes, really not much. A satellite phone, GPS, a compass, and some seeds. That's really all that was inside, kind of silly. And he gets this look of horror on his face like, you have got to be kidding me. And the commercial ends, right? Do you know how often that is us with God's word? What is inside? Everything we need to be complete, equipped for every good work, to know who our God is and where he is headed and how this world works. Everything we need right here in God's word. It is fully sufficient. Everybody say fully sufficient. May we open God's word and dive in. May we go after it and grow in him. And all of God's people said, so how are you doing at trusting God's word, at opening God's word, at longing to know your king and follow him, right? That's point number one. Point number two. Essential. Attend a Bible-centered church. Essential. Attend a Bible-centered church. So he's just gotten done talking about the value of God's word and the completeness that happens in a disciple that's following. And he's talked about the fully sufficient nature of God's word. And so now he turns to Timothy, a pastor of a church. And Paul's challenging this pastor now about what the church needs to look like considering that's what God's word is. He says, I charge you. So Paul charging Timothy, Paul's like, this is, my, this is my command to you. This is what I long for you to go after. Uh, in light of the power and the purpose of God's word, Timothy, this is a command. This is what you need to look like as a pastor. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, 
He's like, let's make this clear. Considering we open God's word and we can see the doctrine of who Jesus is, that he is God Almighty. Jesus is God. Everybody say, Jesus is God. That he is God, that he is creator over all physical creation. He is creator. Everybody say, he is creator. And more than that, as you continue to go through God's word, you see, and he will ultimately judge all of creation. Jesus sits as creator, king, and judge over all. He is judge. Everybody say, he is judge. Paul's like, remember, because of the theology of what we have in Christ from God's word, because we know this doctrinal truth, and then it says, and by his appearing kingdom, by his appearing in his kingdom, like he is coming again. Jesus Christ, perfect in all ways. He is going to mount his white horse. He is going to come thundering into this broken world. He is going to bring power and authority and privilege and joy. There is going to be this massive celebration as the king of kings enters this universe. And as he comes back in and ushers us in to not only the thousand year reign, but forever after it, no more pain, no more sorrow, no more heartache, no more sin, no more death. Christ is coming again. And all of God's people said, Paul's like, Timothy, because of these facts about your God that you know from this scripture, doctrine, here's the call out of application. He says, preach the word. Walk through God's word and make it clear. Preach. The word means to herald, to proclaim with passion, to announce it and make it clear. This is why we slow down every week and we go word by word and phrase by phrase through God's word. We are following, yes, if it is fully sufficient, then the next command is preach it regularly. Make sure the church is absolutely knowing and understanding God's word. He says, preach the word. Man, every pastor needs to hear this command. This is not... Find new and creative ways for people to listen to you. Everybody say, not that. That's not what it is. This is not, try to find a unique voice for yourself that you really haven't heard anywhere else. Everybody say, not that. I'm just telling you, if the voice is too unique, that means it isn't what God's word says and you're getting far off from it. Get on God's word. Preach the word. Make sure that it is clear in every front. Man, a church on fire will be walking through God's word and letting God's word direct. May we go to and be a part of a church on fire. May we preach his word. May we listen to him with all we've got. May he get our attention. May we truly be celebrating a church that is absolutely on fire because of God's word church on fire. That's our hope. He says, be ready in season and out of season. This is a big call for a pastor. This is not, hey, look, when you're scheduled to be up, then go ahead and take some time and make sure you know what you're preaching. And this is like, make sure you're ready. Make sure you're ready so that if there's a funeral or if there's a wedding 
or if there's just a moment in a hospital room to share something, or if a friend just has a question, or if at the last minute somebody needs help with a preach and you can just step in and cover, make sure you're ready. Have God's word prepped and be ready to bring it. A church on fire will never have an excuse to dismiss God's word from center stage. Ready? And all of God's people said, dude, that is a huge deal that we always go after his word. Be ready in season and out of season. And then he says, reprove, rebuke, and exhort. Words similar to what we already read for the value of God's word. To reprove, to to do some correcting and some challenging and exhorting, bringing them back around to where they need to head. Make sure God's word is speaking to the needs of the time, to the people and where they're at, calling to a worship like you wouldn't believe, may we truly stand with our king. May we have this passion for him. He says, with complete patience and teaching. I love that addition. He's like, I know it can get frustrating, Timothy. People may start to drift around. Please hear me. We do not move the church with anger. We do not move the church with shame. I'm going to give you a little insight. You will never hear me say the word should. You should do this. And then you hear a little whine come into my voice. Come on. You should be doing this. This is what it should look like. You need to be going out. You should do this. Not that. Everybody say not that. Dude, that is not a powerful preach at all. That's somebody having a temper tantrum from the front. (laughs) They're losing it. Here's the reality. With patience and gentleness, we lift up God's word. And with confidence, we say, look at the privilege we have. The opportunity out in front of us, not the knife in our back. The church is moved as we see the greatness of our king and we run after him. That's our call. That's my call. That we all get so fired up, excited about the greatness of Christ that we can't help but move forward with him with gentleness, with patience, with passion. May God get all the glory. Ready? And all of God's people said, dude, this is a huge deal. A church on fire. It's a church that patiently, passionately teaches through God's word week after week, longing for us to know more and to be shaped more and for God to get all the praise. Here's my request, please go to a church that preaches God's word and if we ever stop preaching God's word, leave fast, please. It is about God's word being lifted up It is about Christ getting all the glory. It is about him and his kingdom. We lift up his word. It is fully sufficient as the message of special revelation that will rock our world. The church that is on fire is a church that will be walking through God's word. Man, if you're visiting with us today, we'd love to have you make this place home as we walk through God's word. But if this isn't your church home, please make sure you settle in a place where they are absolutely going through God's word, where they are fired up and they are walking through all that he is and all that he has planned and you are seeing your life and heart changed because the word is so real. Ready? And all of God's people said... 
A church on fire is a church that recognizes the fully sufficient nature of God's word. He says, with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching. I think, I think we might be there, you know? I think that we're getting pretty close to what he was thinking about here. The time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching. They're gonna push out God's word. They're gonna lift up feelings and pragmatics and culture. And they're gonna make it all about subjective self and the decision rather than what God's truth says. It says, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. You know, you know, you know what? My feelings want to hear it this way. So, so, so I'm looking for the guy that's going to say it that way. And, and if I can find that guy, then that, that'll be the guy I listen to. Man, that is a, everybody say that's a terrible plan. The goal is to find God's truth and make sure that we bend to God's word. Not that we find a teacher who will bend to my feelings, right? It's a huge deal. He's like, just so we're super clear, man, they're gonna try to make their wants limit your value and limit God's word's value. Don't follow after it. He says, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions as they begin direct, not from God's word, but from whatever stirs inside says, and they will turn away from listening to the truth and they will wander off into, into myths. Like they're just, they're just gonna go after whatever they make up. And just so we're super clear, we're being told by scripture that there is a creator God who has made this world. There is a creator God. And all of God's people said, it says that he created male and female. And all of God's people said, says that a marriage is between one man and one woman. And all of God's people said. It says that how we feel about our chromosomes doesn't change what our chromosomes are. And all of God's people said. Be careful. Man, if you're in a spot where you are feeling so much welling up within, man, we love you. And we long for the best for you. We long for you to know your God and to know his way and to know his word. We will follow God's word and we will not bend to whatever culture is pushing and whatever the feelings are that are rising up for the day. May we stand with our king and may we stand with his truth. Please hear me. Amen. Amen. If you are in a spot where this sounds very foreign or very harsh, man, just so you know, we love you. And we long for you to come on the journey with us. And with great gentleness and with great teaching of God's word, we will stand true to God's word. Come join us. The water's warm, the passion is on fire, and this church is on fire. May God get all the glory. And all of God's people said, he says, as for you, pastor, always be sober-minded. Sober-minded, you know, like when you're drunk, you're very cloudy in your thinking, you can't really perceive. Sober-minded is like clear in your thinking. Make sure that you walk through this clear in your thinking. He says, endure suffering. Just so you know, standing on God's word, it will not come without hits. 
Standing on God's word, it will not come without press, without push. And we just gently stand wherever God's word says to stand and we will not move. This church is anchored into God's word and we're excited about it. He says, endure suffering. Do the work of an evangelist, like make clear what it is to be saved. There are a lot of people trying to sell a new version of salvation and it changes all the time. Just so we're super clear, salvation comes in Jesus Christ alone. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through Jesus. And all of God's people said, he is our hope, he is our direction, he is our compass in a, in a lost world. And man, I'm telling you, we are excited to be following after him. He says, do the work of an evangelist, make it clear that admitting our sin, believing in Jesus, that he is risen and alive, confessing him as your Lord, that's saved. One way, Jesus. And ultimately, he says, fulfill your ministry. Man, this is the battle cry for all of us here today. As we hear this passage, as you're online and you're hearing this, fulfill your ministry. Take your stand with your God and get ready because the world is trying to sell anything that can replace God's word. But God's word is fully sufficient. We will not bend. God's word is our hope and our direction. It is the message from the king to shape our lives. May I live all in for Jesus Christ. May I give my hope completely to him. Lord, I'm longing for you to change me. You have my worship. You have my attention. You are so worth following. As we go after God's word, as we worship him with all we've got, you will begin to experience in your life a life-changing, amazing, one degree of glory at a time change that will rock your world. Come join us as we let God's word have preeminence in our life and we listen to his word above all other chatter. This is our call. It is essential. It is fully sufficient and we will not move. And all of God's people said, let's pray. 